The Holy, uh, the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The Holy Gospel. Please be seated. I forgot to do this at the first service, but I will uh, bore you for a while and tell you about myself. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually grew up in Wisconsin in the northwest uh, corner of the state in a town called Amory, or just outside of it. Um, let's see, we lived there for all except one year in my growing up years until I graduated from high school, and I went to college, University of Wisconsin, and graduated there with a uh, bachelor's degree. In social work, went out, uh, I got involved with a, a student ministry at, at that time called The Navigators, and uh, really got my heart turned around and, and fully engaged with our Lord, um, involved with uh, Bible study and scripture memory, and got to have my first uh, time I really had a, a devotional time, quiet time. Um, anyway, um, went out from, from there to Maine, to the University of Maine, where I was involved in campus ministry. The couple that were uh, on staff at, at Madison were asked to move out there to begin a new ministry. And so I went with them and, and three others that went out. Um, and we started the ministry at the University of Maine. Then I went to the University of Massachusetts, spent two years there uh, doing collegiate ministry, and then came back to Chicago area to go to seminary, where I was there for three years. Went out to Omaha, Nebraska to do my internship. Ended up meeting my wife there. Uh, and finished my internship, but was told that I could stay on because senior pastor was going to have surgery in the fall on his back and he wouldn't re recover for some time. So I ended up in Omaha. I was only going to go be there one year and I ended up there 15. <laughs> um, that's not all bad. Omaha's a pretty good city. Anyway, um, so after 15 years there and, and uh, we, my wife and I had two children, we moved to Rockton, Illinois, which is just a couple miles south of Beloit, Illinois, real close to the, to the state line. And there I served the congregation for 20 years and then retired. And my wife and I, after spending two years there, moved up to the Milwaukee area to be with our daughters, who both are, are there now. Uh, the one graduated from Marquette University, did both her bachelor's and master's, is a uh, nurse practitioner, and the other one is working at St. Luke's as a uh, medical or uh, x-ray technician. So it's good to be with you this morning. Um, I've been, oh, I did a, I did a um, 
We moved to Milwaukee, and then the third Sunday that we were going to a church was up in uh, uh, Hubertus Richfield area, north of Milwaukee. They told, they told uh, the congregation that they were looking for a, an intentional interim pastor. And I looked at my wife, and I go, I just had the training a year before that. Not to be an interim, but to be an intentional interim pastor, which is different. And uh, so I ended up putting my name in, got, got uh, called to be uh, interim pastor there, was there a year and a third, finished in February, early February of 2018. No, I started in 2020. Two, <laughs> a, a week, or let's see, a month or a little bit more than a month before the COVID hit. I'm so glad that I got out of the minute <laughs> of uh, being at that church uh, and trying to go through that whole mess. Anyway, good to be with you this morning. Uh, I do hope that uh, Tom and his family are experiencing rest and peace this morning. And we're going to be talking about peace this morning, the third fruit of the Spirit, as we uh, receive in Galatians chapter 5. And we'll be talking about peace. The promise of peace, the proclamation of peace, and how we may participate in the peace that God wants to give us. When I was about, I don't know if I was about three or four years old, I can't remember exactly how old I was. Uh, it must have been three because my old, or my, uh, the oldest of my two sisters wasn't born yet. Uh, I don't think, and my father was a dairy farmer up in where we grew up, and um, my mother was uh, working at that time, so I was alone in the house one morning, and I have no idea why I had this desire. You might think that I was crazy, but I thought I'd seen my, wife, my mother put on lipstick, and so I thought, I wonder what I would look like with lipstick. So I got up, I don't know how I got, I, I, there were, the mirror was over the sink in the bathroom and, and the toilet was next to it, but I, I, I don't know if I could, I couldn't probably see myself anyway, I was too small to do both. Anyway, so I started with the lips and then it slipped a little bit and so I had, I ended up with lipstick all over the front of my mouth, you know, all over this there. And I was thinking to myself, how do I get it off? And I didn't know. Uh, and so my mother was at work in, in town, and, and um, my dad was out in the barn, and he was doing something out there. And I thought, hmm, what do I do? What do I do? I guess the only parents at home that can help me is my dad. So I went out to the barn, and I, <laughs> I went out to the barn, yes. And I, I, I said to my dad, he didn't see me yet, and I said, Dad? And he looked up from what he was doing, and he laughed. And I thought, Phew. there was great fear in my mind, great anxiety and worry. What would my parents think and do to me, like whoop me a few times, because I had done this? But my dad's laugh just put me at ease. <laughs> and uh, instead of whooping me, he, we just got it cleaned up. And my, my mother, he probably told my mother about it when she got home and, and she was good and forget, uh, 
forgiving to, and so I experienced great relief and peace. I confessed. I had no other good option. Dad forgave, Mom forgave, and I was set free. Free from a whooping and free from fear to experience the peace of God in my heart. Peace. A gift of God, really a fruit of God, but a gift of God to those who believe him, who follow him. God's peace, Jesus' peace to us is an everlasting peace. It lasts. It doesn't come and go. Not as the world gives, not as the world offers to us, which is transient. The peace of this world comes and goes. Wars may cease for a while, but another one is going to come. We know it. Sometimes there's all, all of a sudden there's a peace, I mean a war going on when the other one is hardly finished. And even if there isn't a war, there are more than one groups of people that are at each other in some of the countries. Some of our Christian brothers and sisters are being jailed, beaten, have their houses taken from them, killed because they're Christian. That's happening. Many of you may know that. I don't know some of all of you know that, but it's, the, it's the interesting to read their stories and, and understand that even though the husband may be killed, the wife still, with some support, experiences the peace of God. That would be tough. But they do. But God's peace is not just for a little while. It's lasting. And that's what those women and others who have their family members killed or jailed experience. The peace of God, which is lasting. Wars do not cease. Peace between spouses and, and their sometimes will not cease for a while, but sometimes they're, they're gone, they're, you know. Peace does not last. It comes and goes and sometimes goes for good. And right now there is anything but peace between our two major political parties in our country. Too bad, but that's the way it is right now. And you may be on one side or the other. Uh, but it's, it's a difficult thing right now as we see more fighting than we see people agreeing. You see, it's not God's peace that fails, though. It's, it's our failure to lean on Jesus, to trust him, to believe his gift to us, to go to him when we're anxious, when we're fearful, when we're doubting, when we're worrying, and to share the truth of that which we are experiencing. Peace. A fruit that those who abide in the vine, who is Jesus, bear or experience. It's one of those fruit that we experience because we belong to Jesus. Promise is the first thing that we want to look at and we think about peace. There are numbers of passages in Scripture, and I'm going to share a few this morning. There's going to be a lot of Scripture shared. But 
there's a number of places in which we see God promising us peace. Okay? He says in John 16, Jesus says, I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In me you may have peace. There's the promise. He doesn't say you will have peace. He just says you may have peace. Or he could maybe say you may have peace. You, if you, that will be your experience. But anyway, it's a promise to us that we will experience peace. That's a promise. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you, with all of you. The promise of peace from the Lord of peace. And he will be what? With us, with you always. Then Isaiah 32, verse 17 <clears throat> says, And the effect of righteousness will be peace. As a result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Now, this isn't the, the righteousness that somehow we develop in ourselves. We, we can't do it, okay? It's the, the righteousness that God pours into us as we trust in him. It's his righteousness, not our own. And so the effect of his righteousness in us will be what? Peace. And quietness and trust forever. Isn't that wonderful to think about quietness and trust forever? I don't think many of us experience that all the time in our lives, but we can that's what God promises us. I uh, have a neighbor down the block. Uh, we lived in Milwaukee about three years, and we're in, a, in an, an area which is uh, tight. We, we wanted to have a ministry in the neighborhood ministry, and so we prayed about that. Uh, we'd read about it, and we are in a block where the houses are about 11 feet apart. Maybe 12 feet. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's tight. Single, single you know, car driveway. My wife won't even go into the garage anymore because she's scared that she's going to either scrape in the house or the neighbor's fence or their house or something. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, this neighbor was telling me, his name is John, and he was telling me uh, he is a Roman Catholic believer, and he and his wife go to church regularly um, at a church not too far away. And he was telling me that he's got three daughters and they're all involved in healthcare. And one of them, I think it was the oldest one, who was a nurse at some hospital in Chicago, has been so afraid of the virus, coronavirus. He told me that probably close to a year ago or maybe a little less than a year ago. His daughter is just so afraid in her work of catching the virus. She was telling me this, and I thought, if only she knew the peace of God which passes all understanding. If only she knew that, could trust that in her work, then she wouldn't be so afraid. But it was, it was affecting her, her thoughts, it was affecting her in many ways that, that maybe 
her and now her father and mother could hardly know. But for those who don't know the faith that we share will not have that kind of peace that God promises. Okay? They won't have quietness and trust forever. But for us, there's nothing to worry about. Finances, health, death, COVID-19, whatever it is, we don't necessarily have to be afraid because Jesus says, I will give you my peace. I will pour out my peace to you. Take it. Believe it. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever experienced peace beyond all understanding? All of a sudden, you experience it, but you don't know why, because you were so you were so afraid of something, you were so anxious about something, fearful, and, and all of a sudden you prayed about it and God gave it and it was gone and you think, wow. <laughs> I remember when I, uh, I was out in Massachusetts doing collegiate ministry and, and um, I was looking for a job, but I couldn't find one, uh, not too soon anyway, and I had two roommates. We were living in, a, in an apartment together, and all of a sudden, I had no money to help pay the, the rent. And it was, it was kind of scary. I was anxious. You know, I didn't have a job yet, and um, I was, my car was on the fritz, too. I had, to have, I had to have a new engine, and I had friends that were working on it. I was trusting them that they knew what they were doing. <laughs> And then I came home from, from uh, running around some, someplace with another friend of mine, uh, one of my roommates, and there was, I looked into my, into the, I got the mailbox, I got the mail out of the mailbox, and we lived in an apartment upstairs, and I got it out, and there was an envelope with my name on it. No stamp, nothing else, just my name. And I opened up the mailbox, and there was a 20. And then there was a 20 behind that, and another 20 behind that, another 20 behind that, another 20 behind that. $100. It was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and then I went upstairs, and a, another guy that was looking for a job, too, called me and said, um, I just went to interview for a job, and it wasn't the one I really wanted, and so, but I told him that somebody... I knew somebody that might want the job, and so he called me to tell me, why don't you call it and see if maybe this is for you. I called, had an had uh, interview, and I was hired. Talk about God's peace being poured out on somebody <laughs> beyond all understanding. How did it happen? I don't know, but God directed others in the faith to, to be generous, and, and I was a recipient. So the promise of, of peace God gives us. It's a wonderful promise. But also we find in the scriptures that there is the proclamation of peace to us. That God, what Jesus proclaims to us, and sometimes somebody else does, that God is a God of peace and that we can receive the gift of peace. Numbers chapter 6, 
we read, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That didn't just come out of thin air by some pastor who just decided he was going to have some closing to the end of his service. (laughs) It's in Scripture. Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. You can look it up. It says exactly what it said at the end of our services every Sunday. Proclaim to us, go in peace. Go in peace. Luke 24, 36 This is after Jesus was raised from the dead. It says, while they were still talking about this, talking about, there were were a few that had seen Jesus who had come to them and said to those who hadn't seen him, the Lord has been raised from the dead. He's really, it's out there. And they were kind of like, are you kidding me? He was crucified. We, We know that he was buried. And so they were afraid. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them all of a sudden and said what? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then in John chapter 20, we read John's version of it. He says, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus proclaimed to them, what, joy? No, peace. Why peace? You think if they knew, they'd just seen Jesus raised from the dead, and you think, man, it'd be great joy. Great joy. But why did Jesus say peace? Because they were behind closed doors with them locked, because they were afraid of what the Jewish leaders would do to them. They just had seen them crucify, through the Roman power, their, their, their Lord, the one who was going to make all things New and, and free the Jews from the Roman overlords. So Jesus proclaims to them what they need to hear, which is peace. And so he does. Jesus is risen. He's alive, not dead. This has never happened before. What joy, but why peace? Because they were troubled. They were troubled. And Jesus took their trouble away. But also, we read there that Jesus is now sending them out to witness for him into the world. (laughs) And so that was something else that if they really heard him, which I doubt at that time, but if they really heard him say that, then they would have been what? Afraid. Can you imagine God telling you that? I want you to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel, proclaim the good news, to help bring people to Jesus. Most of us are scared enough we wouldn't even try to say anything to our 
extended family members or even somebody next door to us whom we know very well. And yet they were told to go out into the world and do this. They needed to hear peace and God and Jesus proclaimed it to them. Then in Acts chapter 10, verse 36, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Announcing the good news of peace. Peace is not only promised us, peace is proclaimed to us. What do you, what do you need to hear when we are when you are fearful? What do we need to hear when we're fearful, full of anxiety or uncertainty? What do we need to hear from somebody? It'll be okay. It'll all be, be okay. And if they're Christian, they might say to you, God is with you. Don't forget that. God is with you and it'll be okay. We need to hear that. Peace. We need peace proclaimed to us. So promise, uh, proclamation, and thirdly, participation in peace. If we're really going to experience the peace of God in our hearts and minds, we must be some, we must respond in some way to the promise given to us. Okay? What's true? First of all, of those who do not have peace. What is true of those who do not have peace? Isaiah Chapter 59, we read in verses 1 and 2, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So here the prophet Isaiah says, If you're, a, if you're full of iniquity, if you're full of sin, if that's where you're going, if that's what you're following, if that's what you're doing, then you're not going to experience peace. Verse 8, he says it this way, The way of peace these people do not know. No one who walks along their crooked roads will know peace. No faith, no doing it God's way. And there will not be peace. I was... Uh, <clears throat> I have an iPhone. Some, most of you have some kind of a mobile phone. And uh, I was just looking at it yesterday. Just yesterday. It was amazing. I don't know if sometimes uh, it comes up, and one of the things that comes up when I first turn the phone on is, are these things that are on there, like news blips and so forth. And one is Apple News. I don't read Apple News too much, but I did this time because it said, 12 steps to overcoming anxiety. 12 steps to overcoming anxiety. And so I thought, oh, I, I need to read this. So I did. And this is what I found. There, there, I'll, I'll only share five of them with you, okay? There's 12. You'll never remember even the five, probably. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, the first one, write down those things that make you anxious. Write them down. So you can see them, I guess, on papers. Two, switch on your inner calm. By taking six slow breaths in a minute. That would be 10 seconds per breath, right? Yeah, okay. 
Switch on your intercom, six slow breaths per minute or a few 10-second breaths if you don't have time for a whole minute, okay? <laughs> Thirdly, get grounded. Love this one. Immerse your face in ice-cold water. Or touch the back of your neck with ice-cold water. And if you can't do this with ice-cold water, then do this. Sit quietly and notice five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. Okay? So get grounded. Fourthly, visualize your anxiety floating away like a balloon on the wind after you let go of the string. Uh Visualize your anxiety floating away. And five, I love this one. Avoid Google-itis. It's going to say no website can dispel your fears. Instead, take a walk, listen to music, or call a friend. Now, I thought to myself, okay, I'm reading this, this report on, from a news source, and if I, if I Googled peace, you know, and, and so forth, how to, how to get peace, I would probably get the same thing. And so it's like, why am I avoiding Googleitis if I could, if with this is, you know, a report, a news report? Is it any better than a Google-obtained website? And there are seven more steps after this. Now, any one or more of these steps may be helpful to you, okay? And you may have already done some of them. I don't know. And I'm not, I don't know what the other seven say. I, I, I think I read through them, but I didn't put them down because it would take me too long. <laughs> um, but just know that there, even though there are seven more steps, We won't remember all seven. One or two may be helpful, and I hope that maybe you can be helped by one of those. But really, if we're going to experience the real peace that God can give us, and God can give us peace more so than anything else in this world, we're promised, then we need to do this. What's true of those who have peace? Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because that one trusts in you. You keep that person in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because that one trusts you. What kind of peace? Perfect peace. I don't even know if I know what perfect peace is. Maybe I've experienced it once. (laughs) But that is quite a promise, isn't it? And what we need to do if we're going to experience that peace is that we need to keep our minds focused on Jesus. Now, I don't know how many of you are able to, for the most of your day, keep your mind on Jesus. That's not easy. All these other things can, can come in and crowd out that from our thinking. But hopefully, from time to time throughout the day, your mind will come back to that which you have faith in, your Lord Jesus Christ. And that 
hopefully will give you a sense of peace if you are struggling with something, you're fearful, if you're anxious about something. Trust him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. Share your anxieties with Jesus, with God. Tell him what they are. Let him know. And what? Know that he cares for you. He cares for you, and he will grant you peace. Philippians 4, 7 says this, Have no anxiety about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to God. In other words, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? What are you fearful about? What, what is the anxious matter that is taking over your, your thinking right now? Present that to God. Say, this is what I'm... This is what I'm anxious about. This is what I'm fearful about, God. Take it. And he will. Present it to God. And he will take it. And give you peace. So, so what we need to do to participate in the peace that God wants to give us is to talk to him about it. And trust, believe that he can really do it. And he will. God has proclaimed to you his peace. He has promised to you his peace. And the question is this morning, and I want to ask you that, do you experience his peace on a regular basis? Or maybe you're like so many people, and like I was at one time, you wake up at night, maybe two hours or so after you've fallen asleep, finally, and you start thinking about that which gives you fear and anxiety in your heart. What do you do at that moment? Because your thinking goes on and on and on and on about that, and you can't fall asleep again. My wife does this. She starts praying the Lord's Prayer in her mind, and she prays it over and over until finally she falls asleep. What I do is I take that which is my anxiety, I say, God, this is what I'm anxious about, this is what I feel about, take it away. And it's not until I remember to do that, that finally peace comes and I fall back to sleep. So, the question is, are you anxious, are you fearful? Or are you experiencing peace regularly because you confess your fears, your anxiety to God? Because you trust him. Because you walk with him in faith. Because you know that he alone is your best source of peace. May God indeed pour out his peace to you as you pour out your heart to him. Amen.